welcome to a new episode of Outside the Panels with your host, Johnny the Machine Hughes. Welcome everyone to an episode of Outside the Panels. I am your host, as always, Johnny the Machine Hughes. And joining me for this very special Kickstart Alert episode of Outside the Panels is Slums of the Empire writer-creator, Mr. Ryan Curtis. Ryan, how's it going? Johnny, it's great. Thank you so much for having me. It looks like we have the same sort of like barber stylist going on. That's right. Yep. Yeah, white yeah, beards, yeah. right? White beards unite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beards forever. Um, excellent. Okay, so Ryan, we need to talk a little bit about um, Slums of the Empire City, the new Kickstarter. Um, it's going very well from when I've looked at it. Uh, but before we get into that, um, a little bit about you, I think. <clears throat> you, your bio has you down as, are you ready? A visual mm-hmm. effects supervisor on shows such as Superman and Lois, Helsing, and uh, Lucifer. Well, my wife likes two out of three of those shows, so, you know, two out of three ain't bad, right? That's all right. <laughs> if only I had such a such a, a good uh, reputation for everything, that'd be fine. I'll take a guess which one. Well, to be fair, she likes pretty much all of them, but she she was a big Lucifer fan. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Lucifer was great. I did the first season of Lucifer. Cool. How did it? So, daft question, just off the off the cuff there. Then, so how does when you look at the season two onwards, did they still use your like tricks of the trade? Do you see them going on or? Did, did they go like totally different? Um, I didn't follow it too closely after I stopped working on it, but uh, I think in season two that I watched, you know, we touched back to a few of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my job on that was specifically on set, so working with the actors and the directors on set to give what we needed, and then it was mm-hmm. finished uh, uh, in LA by a supervisor and uh, some artists there. So, yeah, okay. part of that planning stuff uh, will carry through and becomes, you know, uh, all the way through it. Lucifer is one of the ones that's based on a comic book series, but we didn't stick too close to the comic book. No. Whereas uh, <laughs> Superman and Lois, they've really tried to stay very, very, very close to the original material and, and that sort of stuff. So, mm. and, and, and every show in between is sort of a variation on those uh, extremes. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting because um, for me, I'm a big fan of like, you know, the DC animation stuff. Um, but one of the things that knocks me the most, or what annoys me, I should say, is that when they say DC animated original movie, and I'm like, get in, and then it's like the Long Halloween Part One. I'm like, hold on a second, that's not original. I've got the trade downstairs, man. Right. What's that all about? Right. I wish they'd do more original stuff, yeah, like brand new. Yeah, yeah, brand stories, new stories. that haven't yeah. ever been told. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, hard to convince somebody to give you lots of money for a brand new story that hasn't been tested wow. when they can fund yeah. something that is very popular. Well, work for Batman the Animated Series. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, excellent. So um, you have your technical TV know-how. How How does that translate? How did you get into the world of uh, 2D comic books? Well, it... You know, it's, I think it stemmed from writing. So when I started working in television, I, you know, worked very closely with the showrunner, with the with the writing team, with the directors, and, you know, watching how they put together a story and, and how they tell a story and how they develop a character and these mm-hmm. sorts of things. And, you know, monkey see, monkey do. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I can do that, right? And, and mm-hmm. a lot of people that you come up with, you know, have just started 
writing because they felt like they wanted to write and they don't necessarily have a formal education in it. So mm -hmm. I thought I'm going to try and do that myself. So I picked up a, well, a keyboard and started typing <laughs> and uh, you know, it was terrible at the beginning and it's still terrible now, but hopefully less so. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, just started formulating stories. So one of the, my favorite movies of all time is gangs in New York. And that, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that, that's a perfect little um, time and place in, in the world and uh scorsese did an amazing job on it so i really got into that and we started uh, i started bsing with a friend of mine about hey let's let's write a tv show and so we wanted to do it on a feisty redhead i found this story about sadie the goat on reddit one day and said hey uh -huh. let's write it about this so uh so we did and we wrote a, a basic outline and and script for it but it just sort of sits there doesn't it because yeah. doing 18 1800s new york in uh, 2021 Vancouver is not very easy or cheap. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, it, you know, I love to go out and shoot my own stuff and make my own films. And I would have loved to have done that with this, you know, get a small team together and shoot some stuff, but it's just not feasible. Yeah. But what is feasible is putting it into a comic book. And then you, there's yeah. no rules. You can do whatever you want and yeah. and people can, can have fun. Um, so then it was just a, when the pandemic hit, I thought, you know, what I always want to do is a comic. And so I set about finding an artist and I found Kale Rob in Brazil, who's a young up and coming artist and loved the way that he drew characters and, and emotions mm -hmm. and um, cityscapes and reached out to him and he loved the script and yeah, the rest is history. Cool. Cool. So do you feel that shows like uh, Penny Dreadful go somewhere to kind of really sort of capsulate in that, that era? Cause I mean, fair enough, Penny Dreadful's more, tinged with horror yeah. and slums is a bit of a murder mystery type thing yeah. um do you feel that shows like penny dreadful have kind of maybe not paved the way per se but they've kind of helped open up the audience a little bit to the idea of something that's a yeah. little bit more adult mm -hmm. and mainstream and set in the past yeah and, and or the alienist is another good example yeah, takes place show. in that time Love period that show, copper yeah. was a was a show um from mm -hmm. a few years ago um ripper um yeah all of these and i think they're they're all gorgeous and they're set in this this really cool time period the difference between what ours is and what i wanted to do was people so our characters are living in the slums it's the slum uh -huh. of the empire city they have nothing you know their, their main goal is to get drink for the day and get drunk hey, you th hey that's my goal I, i'm not saying it's a bad goal <laughs> <laughs> that's their only goal um oh, you, and i wanted to show that you you know as it was at the time, it's these horrible conditions, but people are just living their life and it's just normal to them. And mm -hmm. it's not miserable and intolerable and they have fun and laughs and, and goof off. And I think that was something I wanted to show. I wanted to show people that were not so much lighthearted, but mm -hmm. having fun and, and having adventures in, in that environment. You don't see that on The Alienist, for instance. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, the stuff like Penny Dreadful and The Alienist, it has a very much um, adult connotation. Um, you, you don't see things from, from the kid's point of view. Um, there is that Sherlock show. What's the Sherlock show that's on Netflix now where the kids, is it Baker Street it's called? Yes, Baker Street? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, then that's, it. that's from that's from the kid's point of view. But again, you've still got the supernatural element in there. So right. it's kind of, 
you know, and it's, it's got a of, really dark tone to it, and definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. And and I mean, so, Sherlock's not a hero in that in that show at all. That's right. Yeah, he's he's, he's a he's a bad guy, yeah. practically. But yeah. no spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so he's uh he's number one, Slums of the Empire City. Um, so Sadie's your main character there, pulling the Barbara Gordon pose. Maybe not Barbara Gordon, but you know, <laughs> comic book redhead, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. The, the book's about. Can you tell the guys what what, what the guys and girls what the, the book's about? Then sure. So the, the first three. the first three books are follow Sadie the goat and her two friends Harmon and Haley, as Sadie becomes hell bent on starting her own dangerous street gang, um, <gasps> but her incompetence tends to get in the way quite often, and her two sidekicks are just sort of following along and rolling their eyes every step of the way. Sadie is uh, a character who has. Uh, I would, could you say flaws? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, flaws so big you could drive a truck through. Uh, she's <laughs> she's mean. She swears a lot. She lies a lot. She's an asshole. But somehow we end up loving her very much and uh, want her to succeed in this crazy endeavor of having a dangerous street gang at her will. Okay, cool. So um, there's also a secondary element to this story, isn't there? And that there's a there's a bit of a there's a bit of a mystery going on. Yeah, um, the through line uh, between all the issues is street kids uh, from the slums are going missing. They're just uh-huh. disappearing, and we, uh, although a lot of people are concerned, Sadie's not so concerned because she's <laughs> shit about kids. Is how she would yeah. put it. Um, and uh, uh, that's sort of a throughput that you're going to see play out over the course of the series. So these children going missing and mm-hmm. people need to figure out what's going on. Okay, cool. So um, which part did you have the most fun with? You've, you've mentioned that this is, I've read in the, in the, the PR stuff that this is based on a true story. So, Some of it, yeah. So yeah. So scene... when we say this, right before we get all the X Files, yeah, fans. I'm going to say fans. I don't yeah. know what you call it, an X File, I suppose. Um, coming on and saying, yeah, the truth is out there and all that sort of stuff. Right. Remember, remember, folks, the truth might be out there, but it might only be that much of the truth. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's made. The truth is made of play doh and can be stretched and manipulated <laughs> in lots of different ways. Hey, that so, sounds like Mister Fantastic. Uh, sure does. <laughs> Uh, so, for instance, Sadie the Goat is apparently a real person. She was uh, cool. chronicled in uh, Herbert Asbury's novel, Gangs of New York. And um, the, the story of her sort of plays out in the first three, two books um, is very, uh, is based on, on what was in Herbert Asbury's novel. She didn't necessarily have Harmon and Haley as sidekicks, uh, uh-huh. but they are real people that I found in a, in a newspaper article about two bumbling fools who got caught stealing sugar off a quarantine ship from the harbor. Well, I think I saw this Lol and Hardy movie. Right. I know, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> caught by the harbor police. I can see him just holding him by the, the yeah. strap of the neck. <laughs> sugar uh, all around the top lip. Ex- oh, yeah, exactly. Well, well, that's... Way the truth was the pesky kids. Exactly. So I'm like, oh my God, if that's not the perfect combination of these guys with Sadie. Um, yeah. uh, so putting, those, uh, putting them together. But then we go to places like the Hole in the Wall Saloon and meet Gallus Meg, and apparently that was all real. In fact, the building for Hole in the Wall is still there today on Water Street. Wow. Well, cool. Yeah. Excellent. So, kind of got screwed up with the last hurricane that came through, and I think it's still shut, but still standing at this point. Cool. Excellent. Um, so would you say that the historical elements are your inspiration for this story? You mentioned Gangs of New York. Yeah. You've kind of um, taken snippets of that. And then extrapolated around other elements. Do you like? 
is it the period you like? Is it the, the real-time history? Or is it the actual nuts and bolts of how things work? I think it's, a, you know, certainly a bit of everything. Um, I, I really wanted to find out if Sadie the goat was a real person. And so I spent mm -hmm. hundreds of hours researching through old newspapers and, you know, all of the things, you genealogical records, all that sort of stuff, trying to find evidence that she existed. I haven't found anything. Um, but I did find a million other interesting, crazy, kooky stories that just <laughs> seem to drop from the heavens when you're looking through this stuff. And, mm. and that's how I found um, Dutch Herman, who mm. the next three books are about Dutch. We meet him in the second issue here. Okay, and he's, cool. uh, he's a safe cracker. And he's a real dude. And the stories about uh -huh. him escaping from Sing Sing prison and um, running these heists and um, cracking safes. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. And he is actually in the rogues gallery, the real New York City rogues gallery. He's in Whoa. there. And so, um, again, that's someone who exists. And, uh, you know, let's let's make a cool story about them. Uh, and so he, he he's one of our main characters. Cool. Excellent. So do you find that the extrapolation of said historical, is that, is that the fun part? Is that the kind yeah. of bit where you go, well, hmm, what if? And then, yeah. and of course, there's no, there's nobody. This is one of the best things I think, I guess, for about indie books, especially um, Kickstarters, to to some extent, is you're in control of your own destiny, right? Yeah, exactly. You're not work. Yeah. You're not working. You're not working on like a multimedia icon like Bats or Spider Man, where you've got to, you know, reset the table after the end of the story. Yeah, talk about pressure. No, this is, I mean, <laughs> some of these characters are no. So in the, in, the, in the last three books of the first series here are about Walt Whitman. So we follow okay. Walt Whitman, a real person who's very, very popular, American poet. Uh, so that's going to where, where it's going to get a little sticky, I think, with people. And uh, we follow him around. Well, he didn't do that. He didn't say that. He didn't believe that. And that's where we're, we're getting into that. But as of yet, it's, it's pretty eh, pretty easy to do these characters that no one really knows. All right. Okay. Well, you know, time will tell, as they yes. say. Time <laughs> yeah. will say. Um, is Sadie your favorite character in the whole book, or do you find that you start with Sadie and then you kind of your focus shifts? Depends where the story goes. Yeah, and and you know, we keep checking back with with all of the different storylines. You know, like you do in a TV show, where majority mm -hmm. is about this person, but you always check back. And it was written like that as as a, a series. So those, these first three books. Well, it'll actually be the first six books take us about that, where you would be at about the halfway point. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think Sadie is my favorite. She's a very interesting, different, crazy character who I think people are really going to like. There's not many characters out there like Sadie. I think um, mm. Calamity Jane from Deadwood is about the closest that you can find to somebody who's uh, like Sadie, I think. Um, you know, okay. Harley Quinn, but Harley Quinn's got more of a comedic thing going on. Um, it's it you know it's it's hard it's hard to quantify Harles I think because she's mm. she's now she is that multimedia icon she's she's not just the the, the cartoon anymore it's right it's she's in her own comic book she's in the Suicide Squad you've got which version of the Suicide Squad have you got you've got the Birds of Prey version have you got the cartoon the current the adult cartoon not yeah. never mind Bat, uh, Batman the animated series you know so you've got the stuff by Amanda Connor you've got the Black Label. She's got, she's got she's in more books than Batman. Yeah. And that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's a, it's it's a hard it's a, I think it's a hard I think it's a hard comparison to take cuz for for I don't I don't mean that as a 
you know, just, just as a statement, I guess, because like one person's Harley is a different person's Harley. You know what I'm saying? True. So, yeah. so you, you kind of, you know, it, it's um, it's interesting. Um, so when you look at you look at Sadie, when you think of the the types of script uh, script she gets into, mm-hmm. um, do you have a favorite one that you think? Oh man, how she gonna get out of this? Bear in mind, we don't want to give out too many spoilers because you know. We want people to go and buy and back the book. Uh, I think the, the one in the first uh, the first book is my favorite, where she's just still having a conversation and she goes and clubs somebody over the back of the head with a piece of wood. <laughs> that one is my favorite. That's very much Sadie is just ready for a fight at any second, and you just look at her the wrong way and you're going to get cuffed upside the head. <laughs> cuffed. Yeah. A cudgel, a cudgel to the noggin. Yeah, exactly. Say. Yeah, um, I think I have... a. I think I have the panel just before that. Actually. Oh, perfect. No, let's just not. Yeah, they're just getting ready to having a bit of a whinge about things there. And she, I think she uh, gives them a, a flogging on the noggin not so long after that. So there you go. Um, talk to me about writing, because I always think when you write a comic book, the writer becomes a little bit like the de facto mini editor in that it's, it's kind of what you want to see. I'm really interested in the fact that you come from um, a different media, like television. Um, you have that visual element to your work already. How does that sort of translate um, to talking to the artists? Because you know, are you a bit of a are you a bit of a collaborative Colin, or are you a bit of a takeover Ted? No, I, I mean, I certainly hope I'm collaborative, Colin. Um, you know, especially working with with this artist, Cal Rob, because he's so um, easy to, to work with and, and just so mm-hmm. generous uh, with, with his art. You know, when I wrote it, and I, I wasn't sure how to write a comic book script. So I talked to a couple of colleagues that I've worked with who've done books for the big three and said, you know, how do you write it? And, and they sent me some of the scripts that they'd actually written for certain comics that were published. And it was essentially the same sort of thing you do in film. You set the scene, uh-huh. and give the characters dialogue and what you need to see. Um, I do visual effects. I've also done a lot of uh, directing in the past. So it's very okay. much like like directing, right? What does the audience That's need awesome. to see? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, always, I often think of writing as, as, as directing as the collaborative element. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so. And so when I would write things out, I write the panel like, we need a two shot of, of Sadie and, and Dutch and, um, you know, Sadie's got a bad look on her face, something like that. Uh-huh. And, you know, Kel Rob would stick to most of the stuff I said, but then sometimes not. And sometimes he would draw something completely uh, from a different angle than I thought. And it works and it works really mm-hmm. good. And if it doesn't, I'll be like, no, I really need to see that Sadie's pissed off in this frame. So that, yeah, yeah. you know, four frames later, we understand how that's paid off. Yeah. Um, but he, not trying to have too many expectations is is the key because if you already have it all drawn out in your head then you should yeah. be drawing it that's <laughs> really it if you can't let the artist be the artist you're in a lot of trouble do you do you draw are you an artist or no. you... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so that's part of the other thing is uh, you know I, I can picture it in my head but i don't i certainly want something better than what's in my head oh that's, that's see like that. that's better than i can do <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the doodle that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, excellent. So it must be it must be hard to kind of curb that because from a from a television point of view, you can you can move the pieces around to get the look that you're looking for, mm-hmm. to get the vibe, to get the energy, to get you know the the camera angle that shows the mm-hmm. the movement of the character in the right way. 
trying to translate that for an artist, that's got to be really hard, man. Yeah, it, I would assume. I, I didn't do a ton of that, and it was really open-ended stuff. You know, like, uh-huh. um, you know, I, I want to see Sadie and the guy sitting on the curb, and Sadie's mad about what she has to do. And then okay. he sort of takes that and, and develops it. And if it's if it's out out of you know out in left field, I'll, I'll let him know. But for the most part, it all works and it all reads as as it should. He's a, he's a very talented artist. So, which you as a writer, do you? What's the hardest part? Is it coming up with the story? Is it writing the dialogue? Is it kind of like making sure that the characters stay true to themselves throughout the throughout yeah. the various challenges? I mean, for now, these characters are living beings in my head, so that's easy <laughs> to stay on, on brand for. I think dialogue, you know, even in this writing, there's a lot of, hey, starting sentences, and that's really not necessary, <laughs> but I put it in there for some reason. Um, you know, and things that uh, if you don't read it out loud, you don't notice it, like in one of the pages, oh, each character it. says the word drink, and I'm like, I don't think we need to be saying drink, 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 drink here. So, you know, it's silly stuff like that, and maybe if I had an editor, that would probably help, but we did it without an editor, so uh, it, it is oh, what man. it is. Yeah. yeah, as long as it's making sense, I think that's the important part. Yeah, I'm laughing because when I write reviews for Comic Crusaders, our sister website, I'll uh, I'll read the I'll read the book because um, it helps to read the book. Um, <laughs> then poof, 600 words later, it's done, and then I'll proofread it. And if I start the sentence with "Furthermore," <laughs> if I do it once, I must do it like a gazillion times. I'm like, right. stop right. using the word, <laughs> find another way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. moving forward yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's funny that said that, that's yeah. another one I, that, that keeps propping up because i always yeah. use it as like a conjunctive to sort of like say this is it's just kind of like you know this hasn't worked but that said the energy of and I, uh, right. yeah. this is one thing and that's it it's also another thing <laughs> yeah yeah, that's it, yeah you've read my reviews excellent great <laughs> oh yeah. man um so do you have so this is a kind of a bit of a two pronged question? So, when from when you were working in TV, did you have kind of like uh, influences and kind of um, inspirations that you think, oh, I really like the way that this this show shot. I really like the way that such and such a shot, you know, and then kind of build that into your repertoire. And um, by the same token, how's that work for comics? Do you have kind of like the comics that you think, wow, that was the, like the best book I've ever read. I've got to try and get some of those. Um, yeah. I think, not I tricks, think for, I suppose, but beats. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think, I think for me, it's um, mostly television and something like, uh, you know, really clever writing. Like if you watched um, Spartacus, Blood and Sound, mm-hmm. Stephen Denight's show, I mean, it's 10 years old now, but, like that writing is amazing, and the story arcs of the cust the customers of the characters and how they're you know saying one thing and meaning another and what the audience yeah. knows when and paying off things that were were set up long ago. That's that's amazing. Um, there's a, a Canadian uh, um, television creator named Chris Haddock who's also amazing. He did a show called Da Vinci's Inquest, which is one of my favorite shows of all time, and a show okay. called Intelligence. And again, just so multi-layered characters and scripts that it's it, that's exciting to me. That's the most exciting thing. So that's something I've tried to do here is to create multiple layers of things mm-hmm. going on. Things that we set up in the first issue will be paid off in the fourth issue and, and that sort of stuff. It's funny you said Stephen Stephen Denight and the first time I thought of was Smallville. 
Mm. You know, and it's yeah. um, to a, a, a lo- I used to love Smallville. Absolutely, mm. it was back in the day. I like all of the seasons. Yes, even Monster of the Week, Meteorite <laughs> Freak of the Week, mm-hmm. season one through two. Yes, I liked it all. Um, but yes, yeah, Stephen and Knight's linked to that show quite quite yeah. heavily. You know, um, he did Daredevil and, season one as well. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, De- um, Daredevil season one's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen all. I've only recently just seen all of season three. Mm. Kind of dropped off the bandwagon a little bit, and I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any of the Punisher, so I don't know if I'm missing anything on that one. Um, but you know, he's done. He's worked on um, other things: Dollhouse, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. Angel. So he's kind of got that Josh Whedon beat down. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Kind of. Re- we watched some uh, Buffy not so long ago. I wasn't. I was sat on the fence. I was like, I'm not sure if it's aged well or not. It's old. It's it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember the uproar where people complained she was always wearing short skirts and doing high kicks. But you know, <laughs> but um, hey ho. All right, we're going to take a bit of a break. So uh, whilst we gather our thoughts, here's one of our adverts. One of our other fantastic shows on the UCPN. Let me just check a look through. Um. All right, here's a one that I quite like, short and sweet. Um, it's the old timers comic book show. Do you want to find out what makes the professor do his happy dance? Check out the old timers comic book show only on the UCPN. There you go, old timers comic book show premieres every other week. On the UCPN, um, I think next time around, if memory serves correctly, they are doing um, Marvel versus DC crossovers. There you go. Um, yeah, they're going to do that one, but maybe not the other one. So I'm not telling you. You're going to have to go and listen to the show. <laughs> um, all right. So we're back with Ryan Curtis, right creator um, of Slums of the Empire City. So. Um, comic book wise, what's your poison? What are you reading at the minute? I'm not a if huge I... comic book um, purveyor. I... See, if he said that right at the start, we've got, this would have been over two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, my I think my favorite, the one that I just remember enjoying and getting so deep into was probably Walking Dead, and I think that most right, people okay. would, would agree. But I love, and I I love how it started out so indie and small. Yeah and and simple and uh and again it's about character development and getting Mm. to know these characters and and loving these characters and killing them off and and (laughs) them having secrets and lies and you the reader know what's what's really going on that to me that's good good writing yeah walking dead's pretty good i agree the first first um first few are much better than the the than the last one i had the uh, pleasure of um reviewing the last one the last mm. Walking Dead comic, I kind of was like, mm-hmm. really? But you know, it has to end somewhere. You know, there has to be a line drawn in the sand a little bit. Yeah. Do you find that you, you you follow more the indie trend rather than the 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 superheroics of Marvel yeah, stuff, DC? I, I, I'm just not. I'm not into superheroes, especially now. I think everybody is so superheroed out. It's everywhere. So I like anti superhero stuff, like the boys, like that. That's interesting yeah. to me, right? Um, okay, yeah. People with uh, dangerous uh, lives, 
Um, but yeah, I've, ne I've never been a superhero guy. Even as a little kid, I just couldn't get into it. Okay, but cool. I don't know what. <laughs> because you're too busy creating your own stuff, never to worry uh, about reading somebody else's. I hope so. I hope that's yeah, right. I, yeah. I, I, you can use that as a tagline. I'll give you that for free. That Thanks. One. Thanks so much. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. I'm all about the help. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So you've got your Kickstarter going on. Uh, let's have a quick look, see where we are. Um, with the Kickstarter, see if I can find where we are with this. I think it's that one. If you get my emails on the picture, I'm really sorry. It's not. There you go. Excellent. Cool. It did work. Right. So we are currently sitting at. There you go. So for... uh, it does, see, it converts it to pounds on your side. Yeah, Canadian but I, dollars I here. And I was talking to someone the other day in the States, and they said it was in Canadian dollars on their side, too. So Canadian dollars wise, it's at standing at one thousand nine hundred and eighty-one dollars and twenty-nine cents. Pledged against a total of three thousand. To be fair, it sounds better if you do it in uh, English money, which is one thousand one hundred and forty-four against one thousand seven hundred and thirty-two. That said, at the time of recording, you have all, you've got sixteen days left. Yeah, that's like a that's like a lifetime. Is it? In, well, uh, in, I in, feel like there's not enough. <laughs> No, uh, I think you'll be fine. You know, you, yeah. you've got what? How long did it run for? Twenty-eight days normally. Is that what you said? That or yeah, twenty-eight days, something like that. Yeah. So. All right. So, so basically, what we're saying here is you've got just just over halfway. Yeah, about seventy-five percent. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a good that's a good turnaround. Yeah, it's feeling good, and uh, you know, a lot of the donors are people I don't know, which is nice. <laughs> it's not just my mom <laughs> and my aunts and uncles, which is great. Um, you know, it's it's comic book readers, and that's that's exciting. I you know, I just I want to get it into the hands of comic book fans and and get their reaction. Right, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. What was yeah. your what what was your reason for going for Kickstarter? You know, I looked into everywhere and i i would have thought that um you know having a you know patreon or something would have been what people are doing now but everywhere mm -hmm. i looked they said no go to kickstarter that's where people that's where comic book fans are going to discover new comic books yeah you to know? be fair we have a we have an indie show called flipside focus and um it's myself and the random dude josh and we always talk about a couple of like the the indie books that are that we've looked at recently or that are due out and then we spend half the show talking about kickstarter you know we, we both pick a project and we kind of look at it and say well this is what we like about it and this is what you know so kickstarter is the next generation i suppose of the comic book creators i'm just a little bit i'm a little bit surprised because i think the the tone of slums fits dark horse really well did mm. you have you have you did you get any sort of like nibbles and bites from some of the larger indie companies or was it kickstarter all the way um we submitted to a bunch of the companies and got no bites at all really we better, we better not uh we better not say which companies in case to come a call in second time around right no no so, screw them screw it's, <laughs> it's too late it's too late <laughs> yeah da screw you dark horse you lost That's star right. wars and you lost us so there yeah. you go <laughs> yeah it's all downhill for you now <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Don't say that. Uh, <laughs> allegedly, I'll say that. You never get sued if you say allegedly. <laughs> In my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. So um, stretches. So let's have a quick look. So pledge wise, you've got um, pay tribute to the gang. You've also then got issue one digital uh, for twelve Canadian dollars. 
you get the three pack um, digital and it's spread out as uh, issue one is ready to go July and then of course you've got uh, number two in August September which is pretty cool um, and then if you want to see other things you get small credit on the thank you page which is great exclusive action access to the motion comic is that motion comic the one that's in the video at the start of the uh, the uh yeah the, the one that's in the video that's parts of it yeah yeah, yeah cool so being the, the the you know movie guy that i am i couldn't stand just having the words on the page so i went and hired a bunch of voice actors and they voiced the entire three comic books so really? one of the bonuses if you like um when you make your donations to actually purchase the audio versions of all of the comics as well right so now you've said it he's a little bit of a snippet i'm not going to play the whole thing but uh he is kind of like an idea oh who's that <laughs> there you go <laughs> so there you go that's the uh, video that you get well done everybody's ch happy with that excellent um voice actors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some great voice actors yeah and now oh. now i can't not hear sadie with any other voice <laughs> right so that is now her but the actor that we hired was really fantastic and you know she she really got it you know, she really oh. got the, the, the snottiness of CD Boat. So, uh, <gasps> yeah, I think people will like it. Good, good. Um, do you find that having it come to life like that changed your perspective a little bit? Of, well, it certainly book, changed or? my perspective on what I've written because there's lots of stuff that I'm like, oh, sh like, you know, having the same word in, you know, four different yeah. balloons and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, in that regard, yes. But, you know, now I think it's going to help shape you know, those actors' performances will help shape the character moving forward as well. So now yeah. I start hearing that character in those places. Yeah, and that's not that's not a bad thing to think about if you, you know, because everyone talks about, um, everyone talks about when they read the Batman comic, they hear Kevin Conroy's voice. Right. Doing like the, yeah, so you've created that voice straight away, you know, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it's Kickstarter, you get your rewards. So let's say you've got early birds for the 4th of July, that one's gone, but never mind. It's gone, uh, yep. Gone, yeah. Happy 4th of July. You missed it like Dark Horse. That's all we're saying. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, in my opinion. <laughs> um, 
you can get the printed comics. There you go. Get you get put into the comics. You can become a character. You know, and there's a, a snippet of the interior of the book. Um, I'm not going to go too much into the books because you know what? I want it to. I want it to work. I want to be surprised. Um, I never give away the the uh, stories or endings of books. Um, the artist. I can't pronounce the guy's name. Is it Kyle Rob? That's some. That's a pretty impressive panel you've got going on there. Mm-hmm. Isn't that beautiful? It's, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and he really captured the moment. So I mean, that, and that's your your first image has to has to tell your story, and I think it does. And definitely. this I thought was beautiful. I like the panel design how it kind yeah. of like spirals down. I don't see a lot of that. See, yeah. and that's all him. That's not me. That's not my direction by any means. That's him uh-huh. knowing the art and the trade. And I'm really interested what happened to her front tooth because it looks like it's being knocked out somewhere. She's got a uh-huh. gap. Yeah, she's got a gap tooth just like her mother does. Uh-huh. We meet her mom in later later issues and we start to understand why Sadie is the lady she is. And there's the Keystone Cops. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And then Excellent. New York again. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a very talented. He's a, a huge Spidey fan, so um, he loves doing cityscapes and uh, and action poses and stuff. So cool. Have you? Um, when I look at books like this and the kind of era, I always my mind always goes back to something like Gotham, Gotham by Gaslight. I don't know if you've seen mm. it, Mike, yeah. Mike Mignola. You know, the, yeah. again that sprawling Victorian sort of. Yeah. Um, Victorian, Edwardian, some, some, some Ian. Yeah, <laughs> um, Edwardian probably. Yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah. has that, like you know. And I think, um, I think some of the the Mignola verse stuff does that really, really well. Right. Uh, Cairo did his own colors as well. Is that right? Uh, we have Cairo Roca doing like, color. Yep. And yeah. uh, he did the first two issues, and then Cairo did the the last issue. Um, okay. So it, this, they're pretty darn close uh, to, together, um, uh, and I, I think they're really nice. And he had, you know, some really nice effects and things to them as well, and made it feel a little bit more lived in, which is great. Right. But yeah, they're all Brazilian. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're all Brazilian guys, and uh, it, it's been awesome to work with them. I, neither of us have spoken. It's only been, you know, Facebook Messenger and uh, Google Drive essentially, and that's, uh, yeah. you know, that's how we do it Good. now. What the, how did we live without Google Drive? That's I have no I idea. Know. I don't know. Yeah. I use it for everything. Yeah, the um, the the artists provide their own letters as well, right? The what? The what? The the, the artist also provided their own lettering. Yeah, yes, yeah, so he did yeah. all the lettering. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the title logo was done by Letter Squids, um, mm-hmm. just to do that. But um, yeah, kind of everything else. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I always, I always want to give letters shout outs because nobody, nobody talks about letters. And I think, well, without letters, yeah. you can't read the dialogue. So you know, credit where credit's well, due. Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially when we get into sound effects and some cool stuff like that. Oh, That's yeah. pretty important. Yeah, some really rich emphasis, stuff. So. Emphasis on on words, especially when you've got such an emotive character like Sadie. You've got to get yeah. that kind of inflection down, right? Right. Cool. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's really <laughs> So when it comes to so how many issues you've got three issues down now is that right and the shipping three issues are completed yeah yep. ready to go um, you know hopefully if this Kickstarter is successful and uh, you know, we meet our goal that will help fund the next three issues and so on and so forth cool. um, 
you know, I, I hope to have these out relatively soon to people. We're just waiting on some print samples to come back right now, and then we can cool. pick a printer and yeah, we should be good. Is this your is this your main main job now, or are you still working on TV stuff on the side? No, yes, got to pay for this somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I am actually. I'm starting today. Actually, is the first day of starting on a, a feature film that we're doing an action movie, and then uh, we'll Ooh, see what you, happens. Can, can you drop names, or can you not drop names? Um, I, you would probably know <laughs> the main guy as a, a bald, grumpy guy. That's all I'm going to say. A bald, grumpy action hero guy. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. There, there might be a few. Mm. But grumpy is the key yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I think I'm there. I think I'm there. Yeah. You might be there. I might I might not be. That's just fine. Um You'll I was originally watched... 18 months when it comes yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Um what was I gonna say? I recently watched and this is going back a bit, I recently watched um Terminator Dark Fate because there was mm. nothing else on the telly and I watched this right. and um, <sighs> the first one, the ter first Terminator movie is fantastic and yeah, I know everyone loves the second one but no, the first mm -hmm. one for me is the, 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 mm -hmm. the one but mm -hmm. Dark Fate, man Yeah, they got off track yeah. quite a bit Yeah, it, yeah. I'm not saying Dark Fate's bad but the one with Christian Bale's in is better so <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like Genesis, I think. Or I didn't mind Genesis. Idea. Yeah, I thought there was yeah. some cool stuff. I know I'll probably get roasted, but I thought there was some some cool ideas yeah. in that. Yeah, cool. I, th I think they've just gone to the well too many times. I think they need to like, yeah, and, yeah, kind of, yeah, change That's it up fine. quite a bit. Yeah, cool. All right, there you go. So we have Mr. Ryan Curtis, who uh, has his Kickstarter. Um, as time of recording, that's 16 days. Um, you've still got plenty of time to get on board. Um, check out the video. Um, there are some really good cam uh, camera angles, some nice art shown on there. Um, you know, follow Ryan on um, on Twitter. There you go. Mm -hmm. and have a check that out. So check the Twitter. There's a Twitter for Ryan. There's also the um, Twitter for Slums itself. So you can keep an eye on up and coming news and so on and so forth. Therefore, after. Um, <laughs> um, and of course, you've got that action movie with Grumpy Ball Guy coming up as well. So, there you go. That's right. Don't forget oh, him. <laughs> busy, busy, busy. All right. Um, so, final word then, Ryan. Well, thank you for having what, me, first what, of all, because this is great. You're more than welcome. <laughs> so, so, I want the final word to be that. All right, okay, cool. Give me your tagline. Give me your Give me your best sales tagline about why people should pledge to Slums of the Empire City. If you like Rick Rolling, not Rick Rolling, Rip Roaring Adventures through <laughs> New York with desperate street criminals trying to make their way and make a name for themselves, uh, then Slums of the Empire City is, I mean, it's pretty much your only choice, uh, but it's a good choice to make. And <laughs> I think if nothing else, you'll get a cheap laugh out of it. There you go. Cool. Excellent. And um, I've had the pleasure of reading uh, the first issue, and it is an absolute barnstormer. Um, when we say get a laugh, there are some really good moments, so enjoy it for for the fun book that it is. All right, Thank take you. a break from all the hardcore event rubbish that's going on over in superhero land. Go and try something new. All right, okay. So 
Ryan, thank you very much for taking the time out. I really do appreciate it. Good luck on day one of your action movie. That thank you very going much. To mention again. Um, don't forget, guys, to check out the UCPN for all your favourite podcasts, including, hey, the Old Timers comic book show, where everything, where the whole side all, but the comics most certainly are. And, of course, you've got Flipside Focus, everything indie. All right? So this is Join the Machine Hughes. Saying once again, thanks, Ryan. Thank you, and, sir. Uh, Adios. <laughs>